Well, hello, oddballs. It's your host, Bobby. And your co-host, Lexi. And this is Oddities on Elm Street. We are super happy to have you all back for episode 11. So, I just want to say, if you've been... Was that on here? Was that a car? It's it's a car. (laughs) I was like, oh my god. Um, Anyways, if you have been enjoying the podcast so far, there are a few ways you can support us. First, um, it's pretty simple. You can follow and rate our podcast. And Please. This kind of puts us on the map as a, like, a real legit podcast. And that would be pretty cool. Tell your, tell your friends. Yeah, there I tell you go. my friends. That's, that's also a very simple way that you can, you know, boost our ego a little bit. <laughs> um, and then, you know, if you could, like, give us five stars on whatever <laughs> platform you're listening to... That's also super cool, and we would love that. If you're going to give us anything less, though, just, like, carry on with your day. Don't even do it. Yeah, it's not even worth your time. (laughs) We're not worth your time, though. Obviously. So, secondly, we do have merch. If you purchase any merchandise from Oddities on Elm Street, um, we get a percentage of every sale. That's pretty cool. It also kind of, like, helps spread the word because the name of the podcast is on the shirt. (laughs) Yeah, I put put it on there. (laughs) That's why we call it merch. (laughs) Right. I will make sure to have, like, our little linky link to the shop posted in the podcast notes, which I said last time I, like, recommended that book that we did for Misha Solomon. I didn't. I I completely forgot. I'm terrible. I should go back and edit that. Anyways, um, lastly, we finally have a Patreon. So on our Patreon, there are a few different tiers you can choose from for different types of content that you can unlock. We will have all types of stuff. There's going to be exclusive content, mini sessions, more embarrassing things that we do. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, you know, if you're, like, the spookiest spookerston, <laughs> uh, you'll get a private email address where you can send in topic suggestions that we can talk about here on the podcast. Um, and the money that we receive from the Patreon allows us to continue running the show and it goes back into the production so it helps us become better for you oh my gosh it's all for you i feel like i'm gaslighting <laughs> this is all it's all for, for you. you we just want you to be need better it. you for need you. to pay money so that you can have a better experience <laughs> so again i'll have that link posted in the podcast description Otherwise, you can find all of that nonsense on my link tree at linktree.com slash Bobby Curtis Lee. Bobby Curtis Lee. Now, with all that being said, let's jump into our topic for the day. Should, <sighs> do you want to talk about yourself a little bit? No. <laughs> I don't. The people are asking for it. 
By people, you mean Rachel. Rachel. <laughs> I, I She's think very Robert. important. Rachie B. Hmm? Rachel. Rachie B. If you didn't know, um, oddities on Elm Street started with your TikTok talking about your home. That it, is... You know what's funny, though? On Elm Street, what? I actually started my TikTok with a smoothie recipe. <laughs> I'm serious. I wonder why that didn't take off. So, well, the thing is, is I actually had only used TikTok as, like, a video editor so that I could post it on my Instagram. Hmm. Interesting. So I just, like, uploaded it onto TikTok so I could save it onto my phone and mm-hmm. post it on my Instagram because I was, like, losing a bunch of weight and I was like, hell yeah. Hey. I'm basically an influencer now. <laughs> so let me share this Drink recipe this for this kale smoothie. <laughs> Disgusting. Anyways. So, yeah, I, like, posted that video, and obviously got, like, no views. I wasn't expecting it to. I just wanted to repost it. And then, um, I think I posted one more video of something else. I can't even remember. It was probably, like, my dog or something. And then I was, like, scrolling on the For You page, Mm -hmm. and I kept seeing, like, spooky videos. And I was like, oh, my God. And I even asked Miller, like, do you think that... Like, people would be interested in learning more about the house. And he's like, nah. (laughs) (laughs) So, I I went against his judgment. (laughs) And, yeah, I posted the first video about the house. And I remember literally that night having to shut off my notifications because my phone was blowing up. And I think, like, after the first night, I had, like, 130,000 views, which was, like, huge to me. But that video eventually got up to, like, 1.1 million views. Then I had all these followers all of a sudden. And I was like, you are what did I do? Just not smoothies. I'm so much more than just smoothies. <laughs> it was life-changing, honestly. Because now look at me. It's like, look at me now, sudden, bro. Look at me now. Okay, I have lied. I've said that I don't have a TikTok on here before. I do. But it has zero content, zero pictures. I only followed you because I just wanted to scroll through. You just wanted to stalk me. Mm -hmm. That's okay. I don't mind the... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And you talked about some real cool stuff that... Thank you. I appreciate it. And, you know, I always, like... When I tell people about it, like, yeah, the Ouija board with a bunch of old-timey pictures mm-hmm. in your mm-hmm. back of a closet and some little hidey hole. And <laughs> a hidey hole. I, I like it. <laughs> and the, the goat dagger. I wish you would have kept that. I know. Money makes you do bad things. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone bought the goat dagger... If you're listening, name a price. I want it. I also wish I would have kept the Bible. Oh, yeah. And the Ouija board. I sold all of those things. And the... And I'm still broke, so it wasn't worth it. (laughs) (laughs) The... No, I still have the Edifone. Oh, okay. Yeah, I still have that. 
Mostly because I'm convinced that it has a stand somewhere in the house and I can't find it. And if I find the stand, I might be able to find some of the recordings with it. And so I don't want to get rid of the Edaphone because if I later find recordings, I'm not going to be able to listen to them without the Edaphone. Mm -hmm. That would be sweet. That would be so cool. For anybody who doesn't know, the Edaphone was literally created by Thomas Edison. Like, it has his name on it. So that's pretty cool in my opinion and you're the what what generation in this house are you fourth fourth? Mm -hmm. yep and like i said it's on elm street that's why it's called yes i do live on elm street i know i do get creepy messages from time to time and there was that one guy that sent me did i ever tell you about that i don't know at the halloween party right before the halloween party happened a guy sent me my own address and said, yes. the magic show is coming. Yes, I do. I, I still do have... That. that is so fucking creepy. I still have the messages. But what's creepier, though, is if you click on the guy's profile and you're scrolling through his Facebook feed, he has pictures of, like, adults inside of cages and just really wacky shit. Like, real creepy. I forgot all... I Oh my god. Yeah. It's it it freaked me out. All night I was like on high alert. I was like I no sleep for me. <laughs> yeah. It was very weird. Alright, well are you ready to talk about our topic for today? Hit me with it. Hmm? I'm really excited because I mean, okay, so as some of you may have already noticed, I am more of the spooky boo. <laughs> Spooky boo. And you're more of like the true crime connoisseur. We should put that on a (laughs) t-shirt. We can each get our... Yeah, um, spooky boo, true crime connoisseur. There you go. Wow. So because I feel like last week's topic was more on the spooky side with our little curse, I'm going to do a true crime topic today. And I guarantee... Oh my god, I guarantee you've never heard of this person in your life. Tell me. Okay. (laughs) Okay, so her name is Mona Fandy. Mona Fandy was born January 1st, 1956, a Capricorn. I love Capricorns. Don't get me wrong. My husband's a Capricorn. Yes. Anyways. So we're we're both Gemini's by the way. We are, yeah, we are. It's probably why we're so funny and charming oh and clever <laughs> witty. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Mona Fandy was actually born Mazna Ishmael. Okay. I probably completely butchered that. Well so I, I'm I'm sorry. I apologize in advance because there are a lot of names in here that I am going to absolutely destroy. So her rise to stardom began in the late 80s. From a young age, Mona was a very talented singer and a skilled ballet dancer. By the time she was a young adult, she ventured into the music industry in her home country of Malaysia. After releasing an album named Diana, she changed her name to what we know her now as Mona Fandy. This album 
threw her more into the public eye, and she began appearing on TV shows and having her performances broadcast internationally. Her biggest hit was titled, I'll Sing This Song in Egypt. Or... (laughs) (laughs) I don't understand. In English. I'm confused. <laughs> in English. Oh, it's, it's like, it's wrapping back to last yeah. week's topic. No, no, it's, I'm just going crazy. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> I'll sing this song in English. That's, that's the translation. Obviously, it's in a different language because <laughs> it's Malaysia. <laughs> Anyways. So that song, I'll sing this song. Okay, yeah, yeah. Is actually still available to stream today. I haven't listened to it. Oh, yeah, listen. but we should. Yeah. But not now because I don't want to get sued for copyright. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay. So, unfortunately for Mona, she was pretty much just a one-hit wonder. Her stardom was very short-lived, so she ended up marrying one of her fans. And his name was Maud Afandi Abdul Rahman. Again, I probably butchered that name. But I'll just be calling him Afandi. And that's kind of how she took on her last name of Fandi. She kind of like did a little spinny spin on it. Yeah, so because Mona's career as a famous singer was tanking, her and her husband did what any normal people would do. And they took up careers in black magic. Tea time. <laughs> Why do you say it like that? It's tea time. Uh. <laughs> You're like all hot and bothered. <laughs> it gets awkward. I didn't know you took a drink. I'm sorry. <laughs> all right. Tea time. Tea time. Uh. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. So Black magic. Basically. They became what we would call witch doctors. In Malaysia, though, they call these people Bomos? Bomos? I'm not 100% sure on that. And I tried to find as much information on what a Bomo was so that I wasn't, like, incorrect in my definition. Um, But the only thing I kept finding was that Bomos are almost like shamans. Hmm. Okay. Or, like, experts in things like herbal medicine. And, oh, okay, this is interesting. It's a little side note, but do you remember the missing Malaysian flight? Yes. Okay, so I guess a Bomo showed up at the airport to see if he could help locate the plane. He didn't, but (laughs) still kind of interesting. I think he claimed that the plane was caught between, like, the physical and the spiritual world or something like that. And he, like, brought coconuts to bang together. It was... Coconuts? Yeah, it was very interesting. Anyways, back to Mona and her husband, Afandi. Okay, okay. So the two of them turned to witchcraft, and believe it or not, they actually have a lot of clients. Most of them were some of the most elite members of Malaysian society, including celebrities and politicians. To back up their success, Mona and Afandi literally buy an island. 
like a whole ass island. But it wasn't like a deserted island. Like this island had like a retreat on it. So running water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's not like an abandoned <clears throat> island. It's like a poppin' island, you know? Dang. Okay. Yeah, so that was in 1991. They bought a private island in Thailand. And they paid 5.8 million Malaysian ringgit, which is over 1.3 million U.S. dollars. Yeah. They also owned several other properties. They had a huge collection of luxury cars, and they would stay in lavish hotels, even though they had all these properties that they could stay at. Just a way of life. So, in July of 1993... A politician sought the help of Mona Anafandi. His name was Datuk Maslan Idris. Maslan approached Mona with the hope of boosting his political career and kind of pulling him up in the ranks. And for this service, Mona requested 2.5 million Malaysian ringgit, which is almost 600,000 US dollars. Maslan paid 500,000 ringgit up front as a deposit and then gave them 10 land titles for reassurance that he was good for the other 2 million. So despite not receiving the full payment, Mona made an appointment for a cleansing ritual to be performed on Maslan. Maslan arrives at Mona's house after 10 p.m. During this ritual, Mona is receiving help from Afandi her husband, and an assistant named Jerami. She first gives Maslan a talisman, a cane, and what they call a spot me. Supposedly, it's a type of headwear, and huh. that specific spot me was supposedly owned by a former president. At huh. least that's what Mona claimed. Okay. We don't know for sure. So... Mona convinces Maslan that he would be invincible if he purchased these items from her. So, he did. And also, if you don't know what a talisman is, it's basically, like, a lucky charm. <laughs> I didn't know, so I had to look it hmm. up. I didn't know that. So, the ritual continues. Mona tells Maslan to lay down on the floor, face up, and close his eyes. She then tells him to picture money falling from the sky as she places flowers on him. And while Maslan is laying there patiently picturing money falling from the sky, an axe does instead. <laughs> what? Yeah. The assistant, Jerami, with instruction from Mona, comes out with an axe and swings three times before eventually... Before your face. <laughs> this isn't funny, but your face. Dang. So he swings three times before eventually decapitating Maslan. After this, Maslan's body was then partially skinned. Oh, God. And dismembered into 18 precise pieces. So. Maslan was reported missing after 300,000 ringgit was withdrawn from his account. It was with that money that Maslan was supposed to pay for the ritual. But after chopping his head off, he couldn't. Mona took his money. 
And the day after his murder, she decided it was the perfect time to go on a shopping spree. She bought herself a shit ton of luxury clothing, a brand new Mercedes Benz, and even a fucking facelift, bro. <laughs> Which that is like magic does some. Uh... Do you just like request a same day appointment? Like I don't. Do they have walk-in clinics for facelifts? Uh, uh, I would have no idea. I mean, it's. Hard enough to get in for, like, a waxing. <laughs> right? <laughs> now, let me just rearrange your entire face real quick. It'll only take an hour. So, unfortunately for Mona, this life of luxury was coming to an end because Maslin had missed some important meetings on the account of literally having no head. So, on the 18th of July, 16 days after his death, Maslin's wife files a missing persons report I think 16 days is a little extreme. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you're like, eh, maybe he's out in a boat for 16 days. <laughs> no big deal. I mean, if I go missing for like three hours, yeah. report me. Report me, please, because I'm probably lost and confused somewhere. <laughs> I guess police and his wife had absolutely no idea where he could have gone. So at this point, it's now been three weeks since this has all taken place, and police stop the assistant on totally unrelated charges. There's not a ton of detail about why he was being questioned in the first place, but they had him in their custody, and he spills the beans. So he tells police all about what happened back at Mona's place weeks before, and this led police to the discovery of Maslin's remains. Investigators began excavating in an attempt to find his remains, but they didn't find all 18 pieces of his body, leading some to speculate that Mona and Effendi had eaten them. On the 20th of July, Mona, Effendi, and Jerami are arrested. The three of them were obviously facing murder charges, but in Malaysia, being found guilty of murder carries a mandatory death sentence. And what's also interesting is that this case happened to be the last case in cased <laughs> the last case in Malaysia that went through a preliminary hearing before the trial. And with this hearing, the media was all over it. Now, in September of 1994, the trial began. It lasted five months, and 64 witnesses were called to testify on the prosecutor's side, but the defense only called seven witnesses. Mona loved being thrown back into the spotlight. She would present herself in front of the media with very colorful outfits. She's... No. She was styling. <laughs> She's like, this make is, count. roll out a red carpet. I'm here. <laughs> and creepily enough, she would not stop smiling. Like, literally every picture you see of her, she has this huge, like, creepy smile. you could be in a an horror movie and, like, not even need anything but your face. <laughs> It's, it's true. It's true. You're going to put pictures on YouTube? Oh, yeah. And I think I'm going to post some on my Instagram, too. So Nice. 
But yeah, so it's it's almost like she's thinking that negative attention is still attention and any attention is better than none. So you might as well soak up that spotlight. And to be real, she did get the fans she always wanted. Anytime she showed up to court, one side of the crowd would yell murderer and the other side would yell, Mona, we love you. Oh (laughs) my word. This girly even signed autographs for the people waiting outside saying, it looks like I have many fans. (laughs) Like, that is nutso. Fame is all she ever wanted, and through murder, she finally got the life she'd always dreamed of. But needless to say, Mona scares the shit out of me. And she did everyone else, too. She did really strange things, like offering to sing in court. But she was turned down by a judge. It's like, ma'am, sit down. <laughs> right? Um, she also at one point tried to claim that she had royal heritage. And when one of the prosecutor's witnesses was on the stand, she had an outburst, calling them a liar in a language that no one even knew she spoke. And that language was the native dialect of the witness that was speaking. Just real creepy shit. Um, She also spit on a photographer when they bumped into her, and this photographer, who was a grown-ass man, was so shook that he ran to the bathroom crying. <laughs> like, people were terrified of Mona. They really were. It's like, it's gonna burn my flesh. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. So you can imagine, obviously, there's probably lots of urban legends now mm-hmm. in Malaysia about Mona Sandy. So, when Jeremy took the stand, he claimed that he was in a trance when he swung the axe. He said that Mona had gotten into his mind and made him do it. Which, I don't like that at all. Mm-mm. Mind control. Mm-mm. Scary. I, you know what terrifies me is, um, I was just thinking about this today. Hypnosis. Isn't that a scary... I don't really want anything to do with it. Me neither. I don't either. I, I hate the feeling of, like, not having control. hmm And I can't imagine just, like, allowing somebody to... Didn't they used to do it at, like, school events? They're like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know, but it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, I didn't go to those school events, but I feel like I heard about it. And I feel like um, young Lexi in... The basement on the computer on early YouTube days was oh. like, <laughs> yep. hypnosis. I <laughs> hypnotize myself. <laughs> I mean, I've heard that they have, like, they have conferences that you can go to. Like, if you want to stop smoking or you want to lose weight. They'll just be like. They, they will have a hypnotist that will literally, like, put you under and rewire your brain so that it doesn't crave those things anymore. It It's so wild to me. We should definitely, like, when I say we, you, <laughs> should definitely do an episode. Oh, I thought you were going to say you should definitely get hypnotized. <laughs> no, thanks. I'm good. No. No, because yes. it is very interesting. Yeah, no, it really is. And 
I mean, obviously, we don't know if Jeremy is telling the truth here. Mm-hmm. He could just be not taking responsibility for right. what he's done. But if Mona really is a witch, <laughs> is she able to get into his mind? I don't know. I also think of, like, Manson. Yeah. Oh, my God. I just listened to a podcast on him literally the other day. Yeah, like... Yeah. I don't think that he was, like, literally, like, no control, but, like, No, but he was he's... an amazing manipulator. Right. Exactly. Like, he was really, really smart. Mm-hmm. Evil genius. Right. And he knew exactly what he was doing and how to get what he wanted. Right. So, I think Mona was kind of like that in a sense. Plus, which, she... which is, like, way... Well, gosh, yeah. Scary. Well, and then just the influence of being a pop star. Right. I mean, a lot of the people that followed Manson followed him because he wanted to be a musician, right? So it might be one of those things where, you know, she has this influence. So, yeah, he said that Mona got into his mind, made him do it. It took just 70 minutes to find Mona, Afandi, and Jeremy guilty of murder, and the three of them were sentenced to death by hanging. After the sentencing, Mona turned to the court and said, quote, I am happy with the decision. I want to thank all Malaysians, I love all the people, and I love Fandy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just another one of those creepy Just things. Just odd. That, yeah. So odd. Yeah, exactly. In 1999, the three of them tried to appeal their convictions, but their appeals continued to be denied, and on November 2nd, 2001, the trio was handcuffed with hoods thrown over their heads. They were brought down to the gallows where a small group of guards and officials gathered. They expressed no remorse for the murder all the way up until their end. As customary, they were each given a chance to express their last words. Mona's last words reportedly were, I will never die. (laughs) Where are you now? She is still among us. Oof. So, yeah, that's... So, I wrote some, like, interesting facts down. Um, I guess their last meal was KFC. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, all three of them got KFC. Uh, well, I mean, you like what you like, I Yeah. Um, before their execution, they each got eight hours with their families, where Mona reportedly told her children to grow up as good people. This I don't like. Um, They left their bodies hanging on the gallows for an hour before taking them down for an autopsy. To make sure they were really dead? I, I'm assuming so. I don't, I can't see any other reason why they would do that. I cannot get over (laughs) this fucking face. I know, that specific picture. Saw. Is exactly the picture I've been wanting to edit into a thumbnail for the YouTube video. You need to. After all of this, Mona and Afandi, they were buried together. There was also a lot of pressure to outlaw black magic entirely, Mm -hmm. but nothing ever came from it. People were so scared of Mona that... All of her properties. Remember in the beginning I said she had a ton of properties? Literally yes, what I'm looking at now. That's, that's what I was going to put on the thumbnail, too. <gasps> I literally edited that 
with a picture of her face. But yeah, so all the properties that she used to own, they are all abandoned because people are too scared to own them. And they, of course, have become the center of tons of ghost stories. One of her neighbors actually claimed to have seen her outside of her house feeding ducks at night, like she used to do years before. Yeah, spooky. Um, there was also a film made about Mona's story called Dukin, and Dukin means shaman in English, in Egypt. <laughs> I'm so stupid. Um, but I guess the main character in that movie is a woman named Diana, which was the name of Mona's album, but after it was released, it was actually banned for 11 years because it was too controversial and it offended Mona's family. I heard it's a terrible movie, (laughs) so I will not be watching it, but you can go ahead and let me know what you think. So yeah, that is, that is our girlfriend, Mona Fandy. Oh, she is not our girlfriend. You can't sit with us. No, absolutely (laughs) not. Well, thank y'all so much for being here. <laughs> Insert random southern the accent. Cowboy. <laughs> Tip of the hat. I love sound, like sending the cowboy emoji. I noticed. <laughs> I've, I've never I sent know. one in my life, honestly. Truly, I don't know why, but... I'm Yeehaw! Like, <laughs> every time I see it, that's what I think. I it just makes me laugh. Like, all right, <laughs> yeah, I'll be over soon. <laughs> Can't yeah. do a southern accent. Sorry. Anyways, okay. Well, mm, thanks, thanks for being, for being here. here. <laughs> thanks for listening and putting up with us for a little bit longer. Yeah. <laughs> um, I hope you all have a lovely week. And remember to always keep it spooky. spooky.